Are you looking for a practical gift for your loved one? A new graduate, a coworker, or perhaps a really close friend? Well, look no further. Check out my store, IDJ Designs, on Etsy and order one of my coffee mugs to support my mission to help draw awareness to the lifelong impact of childhood sexual abuse through my weekly podcast, my original music, my upcoming memoirs, previous poetry books, live shows, video film, and speaking engagements all under my small production company in the Closet Productions, a voice for the voiceless. Every purchase you make helps me, Ingrid D. Johnson, to continue sharing my story as an artist and a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Help me encourage those who feel voiceless and like no one understands their pain to speak up and to never lose hope. Check out my store on Etsy today. Thank you so much for your support and please tell a friend. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of my weekly podcast, Writing Through the Pain. This is your host and Winnipeg multidisciplinary artist, Ingrid D. Johnson. Thank you, everyone, for joining me as I discuss, explore, and discover what facing and slowly healing after the trauma of childhood sexual abuse looks like in several areas of life, beginning with my childhood years and into my teens, and then slowly into my adult life. Thank you for choosing to go on this healing journey with me as I share pieces of my story from my upcoming book and also interviews with other people that are connected to my story. Would you like to do more to show your support for this podcast? Then please, subscribe, leave a tip in any amount, or become a monthly sponsor by contributing $5 a month or more through our PayPal link. That link is www.paypal.com forward slash paypal me, all one word, forward slash ITC sponsorship. In return, you will receive a quarterly newsletter, a download code to my album Visions and Dreams, and 10% discount off all new In the Closet Productions products and services. Every dollar you contribute will be used to produce inspiring original music, live music shows, speaking engagements, this podcast, and other creative projects that helps to draw awareness to the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you so much for your wonderful support. My Story, Part 42 Caught. You, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers 32, verse 23. He had been messaging me on Facebook for weeks before my trip to New York in June 2007, and he had gotten so comfortable being two people one with me and another with his wife, that he forgot to close out his browser with his messages to me before leaving the house one day. Naima saw them and found my phone number in the messages as well. Then she did the bold thing, the brave thing. She called me, not knowing how I would react on the other end of the phone. Our conversation was tense and awkward, one where she directly asked me if I was sleeping with her husband, Khalid, I could not deny it, although I was tempted to at first, 
but deep down inside of me, I felt I at least owed her the truth. It was the very least I could do after stealing something so precious from her, something that she didn't deserve. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no more, or no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Ephesians 4 verse 28 When I was around 10 years old, my mom hired a homemaker named Bernice to take care of me and my brother during the day while she worked. Bernice was a stern, older white lady with short red hair and red prescription glasses who spent most of her shift watching TV. Bernice loved watching soap operas, and she did this for hours with her purse on the floor next to the armchair she sat in in our living room. It made me really mad, because she barely acknowledged my brother and I at all, and we never did anything fun. So while she escaped with Young and the Restless, all of my children, another world, and days of our lives, I took the opportunity to slowly crawl up beside the armchair and steal $5 bills out of her purse every now and then to buy myself some candy at the store. I knew what I was doing was wrong. But I told myself that Bernice was mean, and therefore, she deserved it. During that time in my life, I also started stealing candy from 7-Eleven and cigarettes from Payfair before they locked them up by the cash register. I even stole a toy baby bottle once from my friend that had milk in it that would slowly disappear every time you turned it upside down. I was fascinated by it, and I knew my mother would never buy it for me or give me allowance in exchange for the chores she made me do daily to buy one of my own, so I stole it. My mother found out about the baby bottle when my friend's mother called to ask if I'd seen it because I was the last one who had played with it something I quickly denied until my mother confronted me about it. She refused to let it go and asked me over and over again like a drill sergeant until I couldn't deny it anymore and gave her the bottle I had been hiding inside my clothes. After returning the baby bottle to my friend, who was very grateful to have it back, and her mother, who lived downstairs in our apartment building on Edison Avenue, my mother made me confess to them that I had done what I had done, apologized for lying and stealing, And then upon returning home, she continued my punishment physically, subjecting me to an archaic punishment I won't go into because my mother lost her temper a lot back then. During that time in my life, I remember stealing quite a few things. And I would have kept on stealing more things if my mother had not found out about that baby bottle that I stole from my friend. I was on a self-destructive path, and stealing was one way I felt in control of my young life that did not make any sense to me as a child. Looking back now, I realize I probably stole other people's things because the babysitter's husband had stolen so many things from me that I could never get back. Precious things like my innocence, my purity, my childhood. He had taken it all and left me with feelings I could not understand because my mind had buried those horrible memories for an appointed time. Stealing, playing with fire, and lying about certain things whenever I felt scared was the only way I knew how to cope with the confusing emotions that often overwhelmed my mind, often causing me to act out which only looked like childish rebellion to my strong, black, and patient, proud Jamaican mother who was not equipped to recognize the signs of sexually abused child damaged by trauma. 
My mother also could not recognize my subconscious cry for help because she had her own childhood trauma that left her feeling angry whenever she thought about her life too much. Trauma caused by having a toxic and abusive relationship with her own mother and trauma from several moments in her youth when certain people in her life tried to take advantage of her. These memories really wounded my mother's soul and left her emotionally damaged as an adult. And this was baggage she carried around daily and only seemed to let out in the form of rage whenever I or my baby brother did something wrong that reflected badly upon her. This made her a scary parent to confide in or even to be around because she was not a mother able to see that her child was struggling with something horrible instead of just being a bad and dishonest little girl. The graphic memories of what my babysitter's husband had done to me when I was a very young child was buried deep in my subconscious mind, but somehow they found a way to bleed into my nightmares and ignite a desire in me to play with fire, steal, and lie whenever I felt trapped. Bad behaviors that greatly annoyed my mother and sparked her temper, which often resulted in a harsh physical punishment followed by the silent treatment, the humiliation of her telling others about my bad behavior, and time alone in my room without any privileges. She was not a woman who cared about my feelings because she was taught by her mother that a child's voice and feelings did not matter. All that mattered was a child's obedience to their parents. This was her upbringing in Jamaica, and it and God were all that she knew to pass on to me when she had me at 16 years old and my brother at 20. Did you sleep with my husband? She asked again, pulling me back from my impromptu journey down memory lane. Yes, I said sadly, feeling ashamed for stealing what rightfully belonged to her instead of waiting for God to send me a husband of my own. How many times? She asked boldly, trying to restrain the sharp anger in her tone. Several times over a few months, I respond, feeling dirty and ashamed after saying it out loud. The rest is a blurry nightmare of me telling her that he would never change and apologizing for my role in destroying her life. A couple hours later, I received an angry telephone call from Khalid himself, swearing at me for telling Naima, his wife, the truth, refusing to take responsibility for his own actions leading to the betrayal of his wife and the destruction of his family. And after a few seconds of him yelling and swearing at me over the phone, I shout back, don't ever call my house again or I'll call the police. And just like that, Khalid and I are over and I hit rock bottom and fall into another depression. A few weeks later, I find and contact the Laurel Center, a therapy center for women sexually abused as children, to set up individual therapy sessions to unpack and sort out the trauma from the several incidents of childhood sexual abuse I experienced growing up. Trauma I need to work through in order to stop abusing myself and hurting others around me. Trauma caused by someone else's sins that has taken over my life and robs me of my peace and joy daily. To be continued. Did you enjoy this recent episode? Then stay tuned for a brand new episode of Writing Through the Pain, My Story Continued, every Wednesday night. Tune in next week, where I will share more of my story dealing with the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Well, as usual, 
Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues, family members, acquaintances, and friends. After all, you never know who this podcast might speak to, inspire, uplift, inform, or help to break their silence about an incident or incidents of childhood sexual abuse in their lives. To leave a message about an episode of this podcast, or to become a potential guest on the show, please message me at anchor.fm forward slash Ingrid D. Johnson, all one word, forward slash message. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting my mission. Good night and God bless you, my friends.